welcome to Sailing Through Life, a show where we set sail on the journey to health, happiness, and living your dreams. Discover ways to take care of yourself, find the positive in life, and continue to find strength, even when going through some of life's most challenging times. I'm Lori, your host and friend on this journey. Join me along with my inspiring guests as we share stories that give you hope, passion, and vision to live a more fulfilled life. This is an extraordinary community of support, encouragement, and understanding. It's time to feel empowered. It's time to make every choice count. Welcome aboard. In this week's episode, we get into relationships and how to work through the turbulent times to avoid a catastrophe, learning ways to find calm water and peace in your life. Going through any significant health or life event challenges even the best of us. There are times we are pushed so far that something has to give. In the process of dealing with life, our relationships can be damaged, sometimes beyond repair. The weight can be enough that it causes our ship to sink from all the extra baggage. So what do you do? How do you move forward once you find yourself in the situation? Branch Isole, my guest today, gives us some direction to avoid the break wall when it comes to our relationships. He is an author, poet, and storyteller of many meaningful books dealing with the issues and emotions that we all go through but have difficulty addressing. He is a wealth of knowledge and shares his insight to the stumbling blocks of relationships and how to repair or retreat from those bonds. We all have choices in life. Will your choice keep you stuck in the same loop of behavior and people in your life? or open your eyes to the potential for growth and healing yourself. It's up to you. The possibilities are endless. And we need to quell the emotional power, you know, and then we need to have that opportunity to work on ourselves and find out who we really are, what we really want, what we wanted in that relationship, what worked well for us, and what didn't work so well for us. It's all about growth. You know, the whole reason we're here is to continue to grow as people so that we can become better people so that the relationships we are in become better and more healthy relationships. In my conversation with Branch today, we will dig into understanding the three levels of relationships and the seven-step process of relationship repair. Please welcome Branch. Hi, Branch. Thanks so much for joining me. Good afternoon, Lori. Thanks for having me on. I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for being here and helping us understand how to avoid the break wall in our lives. Relationships and how to work through them can get turbulent at times. And we're going to talk about how to avoid getting into a crisis to reassure people there's a way to to keep calm, find the peace in the relationships, and what they can do to help themselves achieve that that goal. I know for anybody out there, we've all had a challenging relationship, whether it be family, friends, spouse, and it's something we hear about a lot. Conflict is is very consuming in someone's life. I know there's a lot of outside influences that happen every day with all relationships in general. What are the healthy aspects of a relationship? What are things we should look for to to have a, a healthy relationship? I think a lot of times, you know, when we are dating and courting, 
our relationships in general are sort of at their peak or at their, at their maximum. We are giving very much of ourselves or giving our all to that other person in order that, you know, we can grow together and form a relationship. And every relationship hits bumps in the road and we all start to learn things about the people that we're in the relationship with. And as we grow together, our focus becomes that growth. We're we're trying to become closer. We become more intimate and we start to build something, you know, where, where there once were two, now there's one. And so the health of our relationship is dependent upon that positive growth continuing. And of course, in every relationship, as we start to grow, we often run into situations or events or triggers, you know, that that can cause issues or problems. And the key then becomes, how do we work through the issue in order to continue that growth? Um, Or does the issue become you know, such a roadblock that the relationship starts to crumble or doesn't continue to grow. So uh, the health of our relationship, although it always starts out, you know, on a positive step in a positive direction, the true health of it is tested at some point. And, And the further we get into being intimate, and I mean, by that, I mean, sharing, you know, with another person who we are, what we expect, what we desire, what we want from the other person in the relationship, that sort of determines how healthy that relationship can continue to be. So, um, you know, there's an old saying that familiarity breeds contempt. And we see that a lot of Mm. times, you know, down the road, or if if a relationship is in a struggling or stressful um, situation and that's not resolved, you know, and that's that's where we can get into. Mm-hmm. So what we need to try and keep in mind is remember how the relationship started and the way we felt and the things that mm-hmm. we did for the other person in the relationship. And if we can keep those kind of initial loving behavior steps in mind and then continue to build upon those loving behaviors and responses, we can feed our own health in that relationship. Um, it allows us to continue to grow, but it also allows us to, to you know, take stock of the hard spots that we kind of run into. And where would you say most of your knowledge of the concept of relationships is coming from? I know you've you've written a lot of books and you write poetry, and so you're very knowledgeable in that sense. But it, does any of that stem from what you're writing, your research, your personal experience? Well, of course, all of those things. Um, Writers and authors, Mm -hmm. you know, the old saying goes, write what you know. And um, I think that's what most writers do is they they write about subjects that they're familiar with. Um, Like so many other people, you know, I've had rough spots in my relationships in the past and have tried to grow through those. I always found that the key for me in growing was to remember when a relationship ended, why it ended, what it was that, 
you know, was the catalyst for it to go negative or go south. And in knowing what those behaviors and consequences were, then taking that knowledge into the next relationship allowed me to continue to grow and know what it was that was a deal breaker for me. And, you know, it's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's just, for me, it's sort of like, um, we all experience life 101 and, you know, at some point we have the opportunity to experience life 101A, which is the adult part. And, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody in the relationship has to be the adult. Somebody has to be the leader. And when you take on that responsibility or that role, and it can be a shared role. It's not just, you know, one person is always the leader. Hopefully the healthy, Mm -hmm. the healthy relationships are actually the relationships are most in balance. So what you're always trying to do is get to that 50, 50 place. But the reality is that's not a place that's always attainable, but everybody has strengths and weaknesses. So if, you know, in a certain situation, I'm the 51% person in the relationship, then it's both my obligation and my responsibility to lead in the decision, you know, that we're facing. If I'm not the strong, if that's not one of my strong points, then I let my partner who's stronger lead. Now to do that, you know, one of us has to be able to say, this is what I think we should do in this situation. But the other person has to be able to put in their two cents also. We're trying to get to that balance where it benefits us as a couple. Um, so that the relationship goes into it healthy, uh, goes through it healthy, and comes out the other end healthy. But it's a matter of sharing, you know, I'm stronger in this part or this decision. So you know, I'll take the lead. You're stronger in another situation. So you take the lead. And when you're taking the lead, then I trust in your decision and your um, desire to move us forward. And I'm your biggest cheerleader. So it's, you know, health is all about sharing responsibility, um, sharing the consequences together, and being vulnerable in the mix. Um, you know, that's really difficult for a lot of people because of sure. you know, who we are and the way we grow up and the way we're raised and all of that, you know, childhood baggage that we bring with us. So it 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 takes it takes mm-hmm. effort, it takes energy, but it takes some, you know, people re- realizing that I need to look at this situation as an adult. I need to be responsible and, you know, do the best I can to help benefit us. I know you reference three levels of a damaged relationship. What what are things that someone would look for? I mean, I know you always know there's something off, but it, sometimes it's hard to identify what the 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 thing is that's that's messing up the relationship, the trust. Well, you hit the nail on the head there, girl. It, it the most difficult part, you know, of a relationship in trouble is you know that it's in trouble, but you can't put your finger on it. Um, people, by our very nature, you know, we telegraph by our actions our wants and our needs and our desires, and uh, sometimes we can hide it or camouflage it. But the the deeper the pain goes the deeper the hurt goes, the more we want to extract ourselves from that pain and that hurt. So, you know, eventually the obvious comes to the surface and you can no longer 
turn a blind eye or believe it's not happening or start questioning yourself whether or not what you see or what you sense is actually taking place. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's basically three levels of transgression pain. The first level is what we see that comes out of what we just described, where you know something's not right. You can't put your finger on it, but eventually it's going to show itself. So it shows itself in the manifested action that takes place. Let somebody say somebody steps outside of their relationship, you know, to have another relationship. It doesn't have to be sexual, but they're just stepping outside to spend time and energy with someone else. Um, That's the manifested action. And invariably, when something like that occurs and the other partner finds out about it, it comes to a head and, and, you know, there's turmoil and clash about why are you doing this or why did you do that? And so the focus is on the action itself. You know, why did you go to this place Mm -hmm. for something else? And that in, in, in our nature as people, as animals, our response is to focus on that action th- that, you know, you hurt me in some way and it's a deep, deep penetrating pain. The reality is <clears throat> it's not about the manifested action. The action is the physical expression, but the real pain is a sense of betrayal that we feel, you know, that we experience in observing the action. So that's the second level Mm -hmm. of this pain is, is that sense of betrayal. When we get into that level and we start to realize that the pain I feel is not because you did some action, but because of the betrayal that I sense from that action, then we discover that the deepest level, the third level of the transgression pain is actually the breach of trust. And whether it's personal Mm -hmm. relationships, work relationships, um, school relationships, church relationships, regardless of the arena, ultimately every the at the core of all of this pain is the breach of trust, and that's why it's so difficult for relationships to reconcile because they the partners always focus heavily on the action and then. you know, start to realize it was about the betrayal, but until that trust that's been breached can be redeemed, there's no way the relationship can ever be what it was before. Um, Even if the people work through all of the pain and all of the levels and all of the problems, if that um, breach of trust, if that sense that I cannot trust you again remains, then it's either going to be likely that the relationship will end or it's going to be um, very difficult. You know, it'll never be the same to, to reestablish that, that trust. And again, no matter whether it's personal business, when the trust is broken, if it cannot be reestablished and reborn, then the relationship will always be tainted. Um, So, you, you know, we've got to work through all three levels and, that takes a long time. And, and a lot of people today, you know, don't have sure. the time or don't want to take the time, but want when, to spend it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and, you know, and, and the problem with that is when we, when you haven't worked through those levels for yourself and to grow and understand, you know, what happened and what was my part of it, because anytime 
we get to that break point, both people are involved, whether they want to believe it or not, and whether or not they're the one that took the Mm -hmm. action that's causing the pain, they're involved and they're part of it. And that's where our personal growth, you know, you come out of a a damaged relationship. Um, If you haven't done the work to try and understand what happened and why it happened and what your part of the responsibility for it happening was, then we tend to drag that baggage into the next relationship and the next relationship. And we end up, you know, in the same damaged relationship with just a different person. And, you know, that's, that's, you're repeating. Yeah. You, you, you haven't learned the lesson. Exactly. You haven't learned the lesson. And, and yeah. so you're, you're going to keep going through the same situation until you figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. The remedy yeah. for that I have found yeah. is when there's a break in a relationship, um, my suggestion is people do not have any contact for six weeks. And I mean, none, you know, somebody calls mm. the other one, you, you don't answer the phone. You have absolutely zero contact. If you can get through that six weeks without rekindling, and what you're going to be rekindling is the fire, is the problem, um, because you can't move on until you work through that. But if you, you have no contact at all mm-hmm. for six weeks, then you have no contact for six months. At the end of the six months, um, you'll be able to look at the issue, you'll be able to deal with the issue, and you'll be able to move on from the issue. And only when you can do those three things can you then start to work on, you know, repairing yourself. It's a process and it, and it takes some time. There's so much emotion factored into it. And a lot of times emotions can blur the the, the, the truth of what it is. And I think it, it does come back to what do you have to do for yourself to get yourself in the right place in order to get back into another situation and taking that break, that recess from the other person, interacting with them, and just having that time for things to settle out is is truly important uh, to to making the resolve and and getting things back on track. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, that's the whole thing. It, it's so emotional. You know, it's all of the negative stuff is wrapped up in that emotion and we let it control us. And the longer we're in that place, the more we start to beat ourselves up. And that's exactly the mm-hmm. wrong place we want to be. You know, we, we need to get healthy. So we need to get away from the negative and we need to quell the emotional power, you know, and then we need to have that opportunity, like you say, to work on ourselves and find out, you know, who we really are, what we really want what we wanted in that relationship, what worked well for us and what didn't work so well for us. It's all about growth. You know, the whole reason we're here is to continue to grow as people so that we can become better people so that the relationships we are in become better and more healthy relationships. And once you've gone through that, that phase where you have looked at yourself and come to the resolve that you want to move forward, that you've decided this is something you truly want to pursue, what then are the the things you'd need to look at as far as resolving or repairing the relationship that that you're working through? Number one, if the relationship terminates, is terminal, then we have an Mm -hmm. opportunity to work on ourselves and 
you know, grow, discover who I always like to think, what were the good things, you know, that you had in a past relationship that you want to repeat? And those are the kinds of things that you want to be looking for in a new relationship or a new partner is do they fulfill those needs? And then, you know, what things are red flags in the new relationship and how Mm -hmm. can those be resolved? But let's go to the situation where we're in a relationship that's having problems and we want to, you know, rekindle the relationship. We want to try and make it live again. So there's seven different steps that we can take. And if we go through all seven steps successfully, then we truly have an opportunity to rekindle or rebirth that relationship to make it live again. Now, the the caveat is that both people have to agree to go through the steps. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're committed to making the relationship work and you're willing to work the steps, then there's a good chance, you know, that you can come out the other end healthier and together. So let's look at those. The first one is to recognize that a transgression has been committed, okay? I've done something that's caused my partner pain, and I have to be able to understand that my actions were harmful and caused the pain. Um, Mm. This is often the hardest. It's the first step, but sometimes the hardest step. Um, You know, there's so many times I hear people say, well, you know, that's the way I've always been, or you knew I was that way from the, from the start. And then the question becomes, really? I'm, you know, that's how you behaved when you were dating and when you were courting and when you were, you know, preparing to become sure. a couple. Yeah. So we have to recognize that what I've done has caused you pain. The second step then is I have to take responsibility for that pain and that action. Um, until I can take responsibility, there's no way that I can begin to make amends because my partner has no reason to believe or no justification to understand that it won't happen again. You know, and this is right. where, this is where so many relationships start to stumble, is because it's never my fault, right? It's it's always somebody else's fault yeah. or some other situation or your fault. So as long as I don't take responsibility, it it can't go any farther. Um, You know, and this is why the repetition of that bad behavior continues to cause the harm and the pain. And the deeper that goes, there's only one ultimate result for that, and that's going to be separation and termination. So we've got to recognize Mm -hmm. that I've committed a transgression that's harmful. I've got to take responsibility for that. The third step is I have to feel regret. You know, I I honestly have to get to that emotional place where I understand that I I was what I did was harmful, you know, and that I have caused harm and pain to someone who I have professed that I care for or love. Um so I've got to feel that regret in its essence. Um the next step is I have to have remorse. You know, I've got to be sorry for what I did. Um, without regret and without remorse, there's no way, no way I can go to the next step, which is to form some redress. That is, how am I going to make it right? And, and these three steps in mm-hmm. the middle 
you know, are the, I got to work on myself kind of thing. I've sure. recognized that I committed harm. I've taken responsibility. Now, what am I going to do in order to get me on the path of change? So I've got to feel regret. I've got to have remorse and I've got to form some form of redress or correction. Now that brings us to the last two steps, which are the hardest and the most important. Um, the sixth step is the the action cannot be repeated. <clears throat> that is, whatever I did that caused the harm and the pain cannot happen again. And this is the big, you know, this is the pulling the trigger and jumping the shark here because our very nature, especially for individuals who are insecure and controlling is to lash out. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's normally our first response to anything that threatens us or our vision of ourselves is to lash out. And so this, the step of never repeating that action means that before I respond, I have to realize what my response is going to be. So step number six is very difficult, but it's very instrumental. We can't repeat the actions or the behavior that caused the harm before. And finally, the seventh step, which everything hinges upon, is I have to repent. Now, a lot of people, you know, when they hear repentance, immediately think of a religious connotation. Mm -hmm. But in reality, repenting is simply changed future behavior, okay? That means that in the same or similar circumstance, I cannot repeat what I did before, which means that I have to respond in a different way. My new behavior has to be different than my old behavior. And this is actually the ground zero or the first step of becoming, you know, the new person that we desire to become in order to revitalize or resuscitate the relationship. And so this changed behavior, this repentance from my old me and my old behavior to my new me and my new responses becomes integral in establishing that new groundwork that we can now look at the manifested action, the sense of betrayal, and the breach of trust. Uh, without the changed behavior, in every similar or same situation, then forgiveness is not merited and, and it can't be granted or given. And without forgiveness, you know, from the harmed person, there's no way that person who was harmed can ever start to reestablish that point of trusting again. So it's a process, you know, that, that, that takes a while. When you forgive, it has more to do with, I think, yourself than it does the other person. Because if you truly can't get past it, if you truly can't forgive somebody, you're holding yourself back from your own growth. You're holding yourself back from moving forward. And as hard as that is, I think it's it's crucial to, to doing that work, to when you look through the past, when you try to figure out where you're at, when you try to grow, when you try to make yourself better, you have to get through that phase too and and not put yourself back into a compromising position. Exactly. Forgiveness is the key. There's there's two steps to forgiveness and you hit right on it. Forgiveness gives you the freedom 
to release yourself from the grasp that's had a hold of you, right? Mm -hmm. And when you can get to that point of forgiveness, it allows you to let go of, you know, all that negative stuff that you experienced. But more importantly, when you can forgive, it allows you to see that person for who they truly are and who they truly were. And mm. when, when you're in that place, when you can forgive them, you realize that what they did or why they did it has less to do with them and their action and more to do with them and who they are based on their entire life experience. And mm. when you can forgive them in that manner, you can extricate yourself from them completely. And, mm. you know, if, if the relationship is terminal, if it ends, then you've allowed yourself to literally divorce yourself of them permanently because they're just who they were and that's just who they are and they couldn't change. But because they weren't able to change, you're allowed to move on and, and you don't have any of that baggage from that experience that you're taking with you. Um, you know, it, it's hard thing to let somebody go when you've invested time and energy and love with them. But if they're not who they want to be and who you want them to be in the relationship, then they either have to change or you have to let them go. And, and forgiveness mm -hmm. is the way for you to do that, to allow them to be just who they are, but not be with you. Um, it's literally like breaking the chains and, and you're right. You know, it seems like it should be them, you know, that has the onus is on them. But the reality mm -hmm. is when you can forgive, then you are the one that's then free. Well, you take your power back. Exactly. You take your power back because as long as you're keeping them in the, the, the crosshairs of who's to blame, yeah. then you're not being responsible for yourself. And exactly. when you, when you come to the resolve that this isn't working and that it needs to go away and you can walk away and it's the hardest thing to do. It, it yeah. I can tell you there are people screaming right now saying, I can't forgive somebody who did that to me. And the only way to truly heal from it is to do that. And it's hard to imagine doing it. I can I can tell you from personal experience that it's it's so important to try to separate yourself from that past because you will get stuck and you'll will get back to what we were saying in the beginning. You will repeat that same action because you've not had closure on it. Exactly. You know, even even if even if they have passed and they are dead and gone and you still hold that resentment and that anger if you will go to their grave and forgive them you'll be set free mm -hmm. but as long as you as long as you refuse you're right you will carry that with you and it will gnaw at you in the back of your mind every time you think of it you right. you have you have to be willing to forgive that's what a spiritual relationship is all about you know in our relationships forgiveness is about love in our relationship with God, his forgiveness is about unconditional love. And forgiveness is the key to revitalizing a damaged relationship. And it's also the key for ending 
a damaged relationship that has no chance of revitalization. Yes, lots to think about. And I think the important thing is, is when you're in a situation, the the important step is to start trying to understand what the problem is, like we said, and really try to pinpoint what is the, the disconnect. Once you can identify that and move forward, then you know, and it's breaking it down into steps and not look at, I'm here now and this is where I want to be so much as breaking it down and making things achievable, making things obtainable so that you can you can work through it and probably process it easier uh, when it is in those smaller parts. Sure. Every, every new thing that we learn, we learn in steps, right? We learn to walk, we learn to mm-hmm. read, we learn to drive. All of those things you take in incremental steps and you build upon you know, the success and or the failure of the previous step until you figure it out and get it right. Our relationships, our personal relationships are the very same thing. You know, we want to jump from A to M and and skip all of the, the hard stuff, the work stuff and get immediate, you know, I want it this way. So what do I have to do to get it this way? And so many mm-hmm. times, you know, skipping those incremental steps not only keeps us, you know, it holds us back, but it keeps us from growing. And in order for us to become better people in better relationships, we need to continue have a desire to be grow to grow and become a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, what was my responsibility? How did I handle it? How did I respond? What could I have done differently if I would have come from a more loving place and, and my uh, you know a higher place myself? Because when we do that. Regardless of what happens in the relationship with the other person, we continue to grow. And that makes us a a better person and a more viable person for another relationship in the future. Well, I think this is all truly invaluable. And I, I really think it's important for anyone that's listening to understand that this doesn't always mean a, a spouse or partner. This is in families, this is with friends. And and you, you have to be comp- confident in yourself uh, and really know yourself in order to do this. And that I think is hard because people are afraid to know the truth sometimes. And, and once you can get past that, and once you have that confidence of who you are, then all this plays out and you, regardless of what happens, you're still, like you said, growing, you're still making it yourself better. You're still getting to a different place in your life and it's hard and it hurts, but it's, it's something living in denial isn't going to, it is, it doesn't work and it's destructive and you want to try to live your best life. And that's not, you know, being in denial and in fear doesn't accomplish that. Right. The only one that can change your future is you. And and you have to decide, do you want that to be, you know, positive things in your future or you continue to experience negative things in your future? And people who want to change, we hear it and we see it and we read about it every day. People come from really horrendous situations and they change their future because they get focused and they, they work and they figure out, okay, what is it that I need to do? to be who I want to be and get to where I want to be. And, and um, you can do it. it. You know, everybody who has done it was once where you're at now struggling, if you're struggling and if they can do it, you can do it. Um, 
we, we all experience the same lessons in life, but, but you have to want to make that change and you have to want to become the best you. Well, thank you, Branch. I, I love that you have been able to provide us with so much information in such a small time frame. And I, I want to thank you for everything that you brought to us today, because it is truly Im- invaluable. It is so important for us to keep these things in mind. Things don't happen on their own. There is effort that's involved with doing any of these things. And it's putting in the work and really being honest with yourself that that makes this all happen. So thank you for, for helping us today. My pleasure, Lori. Thanks for having me on. I hope we help some people. I think Branch gave us so much to think about today. We learned a deeper understanding of the power of relationships and perhaps a new perspective on the importance of the connections we make in life. We have a choice to make when it comes to our relationships. I think we've all had that relationship that's pushed us in the wrong direction, made us question who we are, wonder if this is the best it will ever be. The conflict can be consuming. Influence of outside forces is so distracting. The weight can be enough that it causes our ship to sink. With every experience or lesson in life, we grow as individuals. We have the power to make our lives what we want by making the decisions to be our best selves. You can learn more about Branch on his website at branchisole.com. You can find all of Branch's links in the episode description. I am so glad you joined me in this safe space to recharge and feel supported regardless of your situation. If you or someone you care about would like to share their experience or know of an organization to help even just one person, please message me through my website or social media at Sailing Through Life Podcast. How do you sail through life? Join me on this endeavor. I would love to grow this caring support community. You can support us by sharing the show with your friends and family. When you make a contribution to the show, you will also help us reach more listeners with my messages of hope and empowerment and make their stories matter. Check out sailingthroughlifepodcast.com to learn more about me and the show. Thanks again. Chat with you next time.